0: Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio.
1: Indeed it is, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snirdly, with you here on WABC. If you'd like to be part of today's program, you can call us. Simply dial 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Could, if there were going to be a theme for today's program, perhaps call today's program shutting for you. Or not. There have been many times when those of you watching CNN and those of you watching The View have been infuriated over the years, and today, a lot of the news Is circling around those two shows, not all of the news. There are other things in the world, and hopefully we can get to some of them. For instance, we have new jobless numbers, and this came as a surprise to the administration. Private payrolls fell by 301,000. Now, we're talking in a tight labor market where for months and months we've been hearing employees couldn't find enough people to work. And all of a sudden, here we are in January, the spread of the COVID Omicron variant, apparently, at least according to CNBC, hit hiring, and the payroll processing firm ADP reported that three hundred over three hundred thousand jobs were lost. That is some of the other news that people are not talking to because of the news going on in show business. There's also a story which some of you business owners in New York and around the country may want to take heart and take heed of and get your hands on, because this could perhaps be the basis for future legal action. And that is a story from John Hopkins University, a study that found that these lockdowns that were put in place by Democrats all around the country, forcing many businesses to close, only reduced covid-19 mortality by 0.2% and almost that would be 0.2%. 0.2%. and the study the way that this is the way that this is headlined over at fox is that lockdowns should be rejected out of hand. And it also shows that this study by John Hopkins University, a trusted source, also found the shelter-in-place orders reduced COVID-19 mortality rates by only 2.9%. So this excruciating government action that cost so many people their jobs was totally unnecessary. And as I said, those of you who suffered through this, and that might include some of you landlords, in the New York area, who've been forced into all kind of hardships because of these government actions. You may want to get your hands on this study and consult a lawyer. There's also news out of Florida polling that, get this, shows Hillary Clinton would beat Joe Biden in the Florida primary and also that Biden would lose to both Donald Trump and to Ron DeSantis, Governor Ron DeSantis, who one day we have to have on the show here. Now let's get to some of the whoopy news. And as I said, we could call the program Schadenfreude because so many of you have been upset over the years, and I mean long-standing upset with the View and also with CNN. The big story at The View, of course, is that Whoopi Goldberg has been suspended for two weeks, and she, according to a New York Post story, feels humiliated at being disciplined by ABC executives after she followed their advice. She followed everything they wanted to do. After her, quote-unquote, ill-conceived comments, Whoopi now feels that ABC executives mishandled the whole thing. She followed their lead. In other words, she was an obedient girl. She behaved. She followed their lead, their playbook. She went on the late show with Stephen Colbert. Ugh. She apologized on The View. And now she's been suspended. And some of the insiders say she's just really ticked off. She says she wants to leave the show, but they don't quite believe her. They just think her ego has been hurt. She's telling people she's going to quit. She said suspension from the view is like getting suspended from Bravo. The bar is very low, said one person. Now, ABC's president, ABC News president, Kim Goodwin, wrote a memo to the staff at ABC saying, words matter, we must be cognizant of the impact our words have. She called Whoopi Goldberg's initial comments wrong and hurtful. As news of the suspension rippled through the network, it angered not only Whoopi Goldberg, but members of the cast. Here's maybe a point for Schadenfreude, point number one. I love Whoopi, I love the View," said Ana Navarro, the so-called Republican who was one of the biggest Trump haters you've ever, ever seen during the, the years of Donald Trump. She said this was an incredibly unfortunate incident. Whoopi is a lifelong ally to the Jewish community. She's not an anti-Semite, period. I am sad, and I have nothing else to say. Well, Anna Navarro saying she has nothing else to say, hallelujah. We have finally arrived at the moment when Anna Navarro is going to shut her mouth. Hallelujah. Of course, that may not happen. She's probably talking up a storm somewhere now. Not everybody at ABC is unhappy. Staffers, according to the Daily Mail UK, have welcomed the suspension. They said it finally brings an end to Whoopi Goldberg and her co-host Joy Behar doing whatever they want, a problem they said started as soon as Barbara Walters left the view. ABC understands that this is an opinion-based show? Really? Really? Opin- a liberal opinion-based show? Facts will always be paramount. Really? Since when did facts become paramount to ABC News? Not WABC News. We're not connected with the folks I'm talking about. Our news here at WABC is always factual and facts matter here we're talking about the abc television network to be clear not wabc radio when you have what we've seen over on abc over the years including their handling of presidential debates i'll never forget how they tried to ambush republican candidates never ABC understands that this is an opinion-based show, as I said, a liberally-based opinion show. The facts will always be paramount, really. I don't believe it. We want robust discussion, but can't have the whole saying things that are false and not based in fact. Are you kidding me? The way they characterize conservatives and have been characterizing conservatives for years has not been based in fact. Get real. What Whoopi said was not based in fact, was highly inflammatory and offensive. You know, you can be highly inflammatory and offensive toward conservatives over there, and nobody gets suspended. Nobody cares. You can talk whatever junk comes out of their mouth about conservatives, and they have for years and years and years, and not absolutely nothing. Nothing but crickets as a response. Now, normally... I would tell you I'm in a mood to gloat, but I am not over this instance. I said yesterday, and perhaps it's because I work in the industry that I work in, and also I spent 30 years watching Rush Limbaugh being attacked for things that he said, some of them taken out of context, turned into scandals where there were no scandals, smeared by these liberal activist groups like Media Matters, smeared, by members of the mainstream press with no accountability over things that he said that were absolutely not controversial, that were turned into controversy. So I have maybe a little different view than some of you on these things. Mark Stein and I were discussing this yesterday. If you are on the air long enough on any kind of opinion-based show, you always run the risk of saying something that in hindsight you would regret. And most of us when we regret things can come here and say you know i apologize for what i said um it was i i thought about it thought about it a little bit differently it was wrong or i had a point of view that wasn't particularly well informed about something i'm sorry i i have educated myself on it and we go on when you have and mark pointed this out and thank you mark stein for doing that when you have somebody that's been on the air say 20 27 years 30 years whatever You have to look at the the accumulation of the whole body of work that they've done. Or you don't have to. But that's what would be preferable. Rather than taking one sentence and playing into the cancel culture. I did not want to see Whoopi Goldberg fired, unlike many. And I did not even, after she apologized, what is the point of suspending her for a remark that she's already apologized for? This is to appease somebody. And I don't know who her suspension is meant to appease. I don't know. Here's something else I would like to add in all of this. And some of you may take issue with me. A great many of you may take issue with me on this. But I am going to always be honest with you about what I think. And if it means that you take issue with me, then so be it. I don't know Whoopi Goldberg. I have friends that know her. And every one of my friends that knows Whoopi Goldberg has come back to me and said the same thing over the years when she's been in the news before and I've said something. They say, you know, you don't know Whoopi. I know her. She is a wonderful human being. She has a heart of gold. She's one of the nicest people that i ever met. Now, I don't know Whoopi Goldberg. I don't know whether I'll ever have a chance to meet Whoopi Goldberg and talk to her in person. But I'm willing to give a lot of people the benefit of the doubt that I don't know. I do know one of the other guests, one of the other co-hosts, on The View, and the person that I know is not a nice person. And I know that from personal experience. From very personal experience, I know how not nice one of the other guest hosts are, but even I'm not going to trash her. I don't know Whoopi, and I'm not going to engage in, in Schadenfreude with Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi's political views and mine are diametrically opposed on any number of issues, and there's no question about that. I'll defend my views to high heaven. I did not wish her to be suspended, did not wish her to be fired, and I hope that she reconsiders her uh, threat to leave the network over this and just stays and does what she does. I don't like seeing people get fired over a mistake. Now, people will also point out, This isn't her first mistake. She said many things. Okay. That's not mine either when I misspeak. Over the years, I've said a whole lot of things that I wish I could take back. And when I've had the opportunity to, I have taken them back. I am very, very much opposed to this cancel culture, folks. That we just kill off somebody's career. In certain cases. Now, later... We have with us, coming up, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, and she's going to be with us when we get back from the break. When we have our chat, after we have our chat with Representative Greene, let's talk about CNN. I have a very different view about what is happening over at CNN today. And by the way, if you want to gloat, I'm not going to stop you. I'm just going to try to avoid gloating today. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, we're back with you in a moment.
0: Who knows politics and so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC.
1: As we said, today is a day that many of you may want to engage in schadenfreude. Looking at CNN fall apart, looking at what's happening on The View. And there are other stories we didn't even get to, but it looks like Black Lives Matter, the organization, is in a lot of hot water over the money. But let's turn away from all of that for a moment and join Representative Marjorie Taylor Green, who promised to stay in touch with us, especially over the fate of those people that are in jail over the January 6th, what the liberals call an insurrection. And welcome, Representative Green. How are you today?
2: I'm doing good. How are you?
1: I'm doing very well, thank you. So, the last time we spoke, you and, and you've been the only member of Congress, of all the members of Congress, you've been the only one who, and I remind people of this every time, and I'm going to remind them of this every time we talk, the only member of Congress who's been able to get inside the location where many people that were arrested, and believe it, five over 500 people have been arrested over the January 6th, I think it's closer to 700, actually, over the January 6th so-called erection, and we've heard all kind of reports there about the awful treatment that many of these people are getting without trials, without due process. They're just languishing in jail. Can you speak to us about what is the latest with that?
2: Well, they're still languishing in jail. And it's over 700 Americans have been arrested uh, having to do with January 6th at the Democrats. And sadly, some Republicans call an insurrection that was not an insurrection because no one's charged with it. But they're uh, they're still there. And, and they're pretrial. They, these people have not been convicted. But they're being held in these conditions in the D.C. jail and, and various other jails and prisons across the country uh, while they're supposedly awaiting trial. Now, there is. I did find out something uh, this week. There's a man, uh, pre-trial January 6th, defendant being held in the D.C. jail, and he is bleeding out of his ear and is having severe headaches. Um, he thinks that maybe a bug crawled in his ear or something is wrong with his ear. He has asked to see a doctor, and they have told him that it will be two weeks before he is able to see a doctor, uh, and they're doing nothing for him. Now, mind you, this man has not had a day in court yet, and he is also not charged with any violent crimes. zero violent crimes. Uh, not charged with uh, fighting with police, not charged with any of that, but he is charged uh, for going in the Capitol on January 6th. But he's being denied medical care. And this is what's happening in America, and hardly anyone cares, and, and no one is doing anything about it. My plan is to go back over to the D.C. jail this week and demand to try to go in. They usually won't let me in and demand medical attention uh, for this man in jail.
1: Now, Representative Green, I'm gonna, I just want to switch from that for a minute and ask you about something else. You have been under attack since you started running for office, and, in fact, the Democrats did something to you that they have I've never seen happen and and I've been an observer of politics for so many years and that is to strip you of your your committee uh standings and <clears throat> I wonder are you looking forward if the republicans are able to take the house back kevin mccarthy the other week said that you know what what they did to representative green we're going to do to some of the democrats that have been outrageous do you expect that that Do you expect that to happen if Republicans win the House back?
2: I do expect it to happen. That's what Kevin McCarthy said he will do if he becomes Speaker of the House. And I think it needs to happen. Uh, Eric Swalwell, who had a sexual relationship with a Chinese spy, serving on the Intel Committee, that is just such, such a failure, such an insult to our country. We have Ilhan Omar, who is is widely known as an anti-Semitic, extremely against Israel. She committed marriage fraud and married her brother. That needs to be investigated, and she should be kicked off of her committees. Um, And there's many others. Adam Schiff, a known liar uh, that led the Russian hoax and and spent, I don't know, what, $35 American taxpayer dollars in that witch hunt and now is participating in the second witch hunt, the January 6th committee, these are people that don't deserve committee assignments. And, yes, I I expect Kevin McCarthy to do that, Um, and I I want to see it done.
1: Also, you just mentioned the Russian hoax. There's news today that the, um, the investigation, John Durham has said that the DOJ has been withholding information about this Russia scam, and that leads me to even a larger question. And here is the question for you are you and are? what is the mood of you and and the republicans that you talk to and you may even talk to democrats about this i don't know here's i have been concerned no i've been angry about this for 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 years now when the fbi investigated hillary clinton and she did there's no question that hillary clinton broke the law and she used her private email servers to communicate not only government information, which against the law, but classified information. Never held accountable. The FBI could never find those emails. The FBI could never get to the bottom of what happened with Fast and Furious. The FBI could never get to the bottom of so many of the scandals that, dem- that Democrats are involved in. Yet, with this January 6th business, as you mentioned earlier, they were able, to, in a matter of months, to put together the resources to go out using sometimes Facebook, social media, and round up over 700 Americans, put them in jail. And look, I'm not defending anybody that went in and committed violence or did anything that broke the law. I will not defend it. However, if the FBI can have the resources to do this, why do you think our Department of Justice and FBI can't get to the bottom of scandals like Hunter Biden and what happened in the Ukraine? like Nancy Pelosi's son, and what's going on with six investigations, why do you think that the American public never gets the same kind of response from the FBI and the Department of Justice as they do when there are people on apparently the hated list that would be Republicans involved?
2: Well, I think that's an excellent, excellent question, Bo. and I stand with what you said. I'm not completely against any violence in our country, January 6th, Antifa, BLM riots, all of them. But, no, the, what you're pointing out is the FBI, they can get to the bottom of these things, like what's in Hunter Biden's laptop, ha- Laptop. well, we already know where Hillary Clinton's emails, well, WikiLeaks was able to find them. But they can and they're capable of doing all this stuff, but they don't do it because they're more interested in being a political operation than than actually doing the job they're supposed to do as being law enforcement and, and, and prosecute and investigate criminals. They would rather go after parents uh, that are upset at their school boards than, than go after, um, you know, the real people that are, that are committing the crimes against our country. They'd rather go after Americans that, and grandmothers that walked around in the Capitol on January 6 and, and make sure people are held in jail to, and treated like political prisoners than actually do their job and serve serve the American people and their interests. So, no, what we need to do in Congress is we need to hold them accountable. The FBI and the Department of Justice needs to be held, held accountable, and Congress is capable of doing that because we're the ones that actually fund them. And so if we're going to write in our budgets and fund these organizations, we need to investigate them first, find out why they aren't doing the things they should be doing, who is the problem involved who is in leadership that is, that is actually going after Americans instead of going after criminals, even if they're elected criminals. We need to find these people. They need to be held accountable. And then we need to adjust the type of funding that we do with the FBI and the Department of Justice.
1: One final question for you, Representative, and we will stay in touch. And we are anxious to hear from you again and again and again. And as long as these people remain in jail, we want to hear from you and beyond. But especially on that, we want to know here what's going on with this situation, but I do have a final question for you, and it concerns the media in this country. When Abu Ghraib happened, I remember, do you remember the upset? Do you remember the almost near hysterical daily upset in American media because an American soldier apparently had put panties on someone's head and, and then had deprived terrorists of sleep and they had a cow. They absolutely went livid and talked about America like we were the worst nation on earth. Why is the same media, in your view, that was so concerned about Abu Ghraib, not concerned about the conditions in the D.C. jail five minutes away from our, from our federal government headquarters in Washington, D.C., right under their noses, why are they not concerned about this?
2: Yeah, that's the outrage. I mean, you said it perfectly. When we're more concerned about Islamic terrorists and how they're being treated at Gitmo uh, than we are concerned about pre-trial Americans being held in the D.C. jail, then our American media is failing on their job. You know, freedom of press is such a wonderful gift and and a wonderful freedom that we have in in this country. But the American media abuses it, and they are nothing but a propaganda machine for the left. And so they get to pick and choose what stories they talk about and which stories they promote on their powerful platforms throughout the media. Uh, but what they don't do is they don't actually use the freedom of press correctly uh, to inform Americans about things that are actually happening that Americans care about. Instead, they use their, their powerful platforms to spread propaganda to, to control Americans and to sway their opinions and sway elections by the way they tell their stories. And so I don't believe they deserve that type of protection. If they're going to be propagandists and liars in the media, then they don't deserve the protections that they have.
1: Representative Green, a pleasure to speak with you again and we look forward to speaking with you in the near future and being updated on what's going on, especially with the the January 6 prisoners. Thank you for your time, Representative Green.
2: Thank you, Bo. You're you're so great. I really appreciate talking to you today.
1: Thank you. You're wonderful as well. Thank you. WABC Talk Radio 77. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snorley, with you here. We're coming back. We will get to your calls. We're going to talk about CNN when we come back from this break. Don't go away.
0: Built just for you. Entertaining talk, information, and New York opinions. That is 100% on target. The world famous and American original. Talk Radio 77 WABC and (laughs) WABCRadio.com. wabc traffic in transit in brooklyn an accident blocking a lane on the bell parkway eastbound between pennsylvania avenue and erskine causing about an hour delays traffic backed up from bay 8th street on the bqe an accident blocking the right lane westbound approaching the prospect expressway over an hour of delays there in the bronx on the Bruckner, they just cleared an accident eastbound at 149th street Alternate side parking suspended today through Saturday because of snow removal operations, though you must continue to feed the meters. I'm Bob Brown with your 77 WABC traffic and transit update. Now here's the soul of excellence, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC.
1: Delphonics bring us back on WABC Talk Radio 77. One of their biggest hits, Didn't I? I give my heart soul to you, girl. Delphonics out of Philadelphia. Under the masterful production of Tom Bell. WABC Talk, Radio 77 in New York. All right, let's talk CNN. The CNN story just keeps on giving. Jeff Zucker, gone. Bye-bye. Toast. See you later. He walked away from the liberal network after it was disclosed that he had a consensual relationship with a CNN staffer. He was supposed to Supposed to let the folks over at CNN know, CNN know that this relationship was going on. He didn't. Some st- CNN staffers report being stunned by the news. Others say, ha, "Ha ha ha! We knew this relationship was going on for years." He was the relationship was with, and may still be with Allison Galust. G- G-O-L-L-U-S-T, lust, lust, galust. And he was fired. There are some employees, according to some news reports about this, female CNN staffers, this is in the New York Post, are furious that Allison Galust still has a job. He was fired. She's still there. Another New York Post story. President Donald Trump, former President Donald Trump, celebrated CNN CEO Jeff Zucker's resignation. He called the newly unemployed cable honcho a world-class sleazebag. Now, right before the show, another story broke. And this one just blew. Speaking of didn't I blow your mind? Yeah, this one blew my mind. This is a Daily Mail story. Chris Cuomo blew the whistle on CNN boss Jeff Zucker's affair. Ousted Chris Cuomo forced Jeff Zucker's resignation from CNN by blowing the whistle on his years-long open secret affair with Stafford Allison Gallust while fighting for his $18 million severance pay. Now, the Daily Mail story goes into detail. It says also in this story, further down, that the Daily Mail can confirm CNN has also received a letter from Chris, Chris Cuomo's lawyers demanding that all communications between Zucker, Galust, and Andrew Cuomo be preserved. The first was posted in a tweet by Matthew Bologna. Sources say that besides the emails and other communications that would reveal the long-term intimacy between Zucker and Gullus, they would also reveal how Zucker pressured Andrew Cuomo to appear on CNN and how he pushed his personal agenda on Donald Trump and other conservatives with potent negative storylines. Yeah, let's see these emails. And apparently this was an open secret, this relationship... Ms. Galus wrote uh, uh, her own uh, statement about it, claiming that the relationship is fairly new. CNN in another story. Some CNN staffers are like, she's still lying. So that, my friends, ABC and CNN in one day. We're going to take some of your calls when we get back. But I have to share with you a story that I wish I didn't have to share with you. And I'm not going to not do this story, and I really had, I had to weigh, should I do this or not? But you need to know this. A state university, this comes from the New York Post today, a state university at Fredonia professor is under investigation by the school. Videos have emerged of him defending pedophilia, defending pedophilia. He says, Imagine that an adult male wants to have sex with a 12 year old girl. Imagine that she's a willing participant. A very standard, very widely held view is there's something deeply wrong about this and is deeply and is wrong independent of it being criminalized. He goes on this professor at SUNY. Your taxpayer dollars are paying for this professor's salary. He says, It is not obvious to me that. It's, in fact, wrong. I think it's a mistake, and I think it's exploring why it's a mistake, blah, blah, blah. That's not the worst of it. He goes on, this professor, Stephen Kirshner, if I'm pronouncing his name right, he goes on to say, or even if you are looking for a threshold, let's say there's a threshold. I'm making this number up, but let's say it's age eight. Still, that tells you that some adult's adult sex is permissible. Second, the notion that it's wrong even with a one-year-old is not quite obvious to me. This is a professor at SUNY. It's not quite obvious to him. This professor teaching your children... That a man having sex with a one-year-old baby is something wrong? It's not obvious to him what's wrong with that? James Golden, WABC. Your call's coming up. Don't go away.
0: Entertaining and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snirdley, is on the air. 77 WABC.
1: I wish I had time to go through the text that I got during the break from our very own Princess Di. I'm going to see if she's available tomorrow so she can weigh in on this CNN business. That was the Supremes bringing us back, in case you didn't know. Stop the, what was it, Stop in the Name of Love? Yes. Stop in the Name of Love before you break my heart. Diana Ross. Yes, indeed. The glory years of Motown. Let's get to the telephones. Rich, good afternoon. Where are thank we going? So good
3: afternoon, James.
1: Let us begin out on the island and say hi to Jill. Jill, welcome. WABC Talk Radio
3: 77. What's up? James, thank you so much for taking my call. I just um, wanted to say that I think that what Whoopi said is was shockingly dismissive. Because when a psychotic demon uh, engages in the systematic extermination of millions of Jews, the Holocaust is not about two groups of white folks duking it out, which is, I believe, what she said. I mean, it was hardly a level playing field. So, I mean, it was mind-blowingly dismissive and argu- you know, inexplicably argumentative. I, I really yeah, don't understand think what she I- was trying to say. Well, Jill, I
1: agree with you. The rest of the statement that she made might shed some insight. She said in her view, it shows it was World War II was a lesson about man's inhumanity to man. I think we can all agree with that part of it. But, you know, um, I talked about this yesterday with Mark Stein. It is shocking to me how little people realize what happened in World War II. They may know it on the surface, but they really don't have a deep understanding of exactly what the evil was. That was trying to take over this world, and they also don't have an appreciation for what America did. If not for America in World War II, can you imagine what kind of world we would would be living in? I agree with you that what she said was shockingly dismissive. I agree with that. My point remains. She came back. She apologized for it. She said she's been educated for it, and so I think. And I'm Jill. I cannot tell you how much I loathe the idea of firing someone from a media job over one comment that they make that could be just absolutely asinine, as was the case with this one. So I really appreciate your call, though, Joe. Thank you. I hope you call us again. WABC Talk Radio 77. Don't forget, the Cats Roundtable is coming up next. Where do we go next, Rich? We will head to New Jersey and speak with Karen. Karen, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77.
3: James it's Karen I just wanted to comment on that professor okay I was that one year old baby that was molested by my maternal grandfather from what I can remember one to when he died when I was 11 and I'm going to tell you that has an impact on a woman's life or a man's life the rest of their life every step of their life it put me through alcoholism and made me choose the wrong marital partners it affected my relationship with my children because I was a helicopter parent it affected my life until this day I have to fight for normalcy all the time so that man and his his rhetoric should be stopped immediately abruptly and harnessed because it's sickness it's a sickness you cannot make a call on that judgment call when they're one years old or whether they're 16 years old they're not an adult
1: karen thank you for sharing your story with us it is a horrific story i'm glad you are still fighting every day for normalcy and believe me i've known victims of rape that cannot get over it and what you're describing being molested as a as a baby is just so sickening. This professor, I don't understand why he's on the payroll at SUNY. And, yeah, this is the same person that just said don't fire somebody over what they said. Folks, there are limits. And this guy way, way, way over the line here. Thank you. J- Thank you, Karen, so much. Rich, where do we go next? We will head back out to the island and say hi to Deborah. Welcome, Deborah. WABC Talk Radio 77
3: taking my call. I just have a simple observation, and I'm hoping maybe you can give me the reason why. I was deeply touched. In fact, I was crying during the funeral today for Officer Detective Mora. But at the end of the service, when they were all lining up, when the hearse was placed in the, when the coffin was placed in the hearse, and their family and the other members started leaving, we're all Americans. We're New Yorkers. We have to come together during different difficult times and support one another but why wasn't the american flag flying on the bands when they were leaving the front of saint patrick's
1: no i don't have an answer to you i don't have an answer for that to you because i don't know the answer to it but i will tell you this i will tell you this there is not a person that has a heart in new york that hasn't been in grief In fact, um, I told Rich uh, earlier that we're going to take some calls. I wanted people to get to the point, but I wanted to save a few minutes in the last of the program to talk about uh, Detective Mora and his family. His sister made a speech today, and she just asked, you know, when is it going to be enough? When are we going to lose enough of these police officers so that things will change? And what she's referring to is the same thing that Officer Detective First Grade Jason Rivera's wife said, which is this letting these criminals out on the street to commit more crimes and this this lax attitude that some of our elected officials, progressives and liberals have toward criminals. And there's more evidence of that today out in Oregon. The governor finally conceded that she's not going to go along with her program to keep releasing criminals while there's a lawsuit pending about it. She'll keep them in jail while the lawsuit is litigated. That's what it takes in some cases. Um, this is an especially sad week. And do you know there was a sixth police officer that was shot? Thankfully, it was not life-threatening, but a sixth police officer that was shot. As even as we were mourning deaths of these two officers. You know, <clears throat> folks, I noticed some it looks like maybe. Detective Mora did not get the same kind of send-off that Detective Rivera did. But don't believe that for a second. Every single New Yorker, every single person around this country that has a heart has a broken heart over the death of these two police officers. They were so young. They were so full of inspiration for their jobs, And what did both of them, both of these officers, both of them, were heroes. Both of them entered the police force so that they could protect us. And that's what they said they wanted to do. Detective Mora, as mentioned by the police commissioner, even volunteered his organs after death so that he can continue to help his fellow human beings. Our men in blue, these two men, and the women that serve on this police department, yeah, we hear the bad things about the renegades, but let us never forget that most of the people who serve us, who put their lives on the line for us, are doing so because they have love for us. They love this city, and they want to protect us in New York City. And they should never be forgotten. Neither of these detectives nor any of the other fine police officers who have died in service to us should ever be forgotten for their sacrifice. James Golden, I'll be back tomorrow. New York City strong. We are the best city in the world despite our challenges. And we are in a nation that is unlike any other, America. God protect, bless each and every one of you and your families.